0: Guess who's back? Shady's back. I'm ah, not Shady. Jason Whitlock. Fearless with Jason Whitlock. Happy Thursday. Happy day before Friday. It's the day before our weekend begins. Time to celebrate and uh, get the weekend started right here on a Thursday. Uh, more good news to report on Uncle Jimmy. Uh, things are going really well. Uh, his transition, he's now up to a B-cup. Uh, he had been a solid A cup but it's going well the surgery has made him a full B cup at this point and uh, he says by the time he gets here he may be a double D Uh, but anyway on a more serious note Uncle Jimmy continues to improve and uh, the good news just keeps rolling in and our our daily chats he thought I called him a little early yesterday because I called him you know two, three in the afternoon or whatever, but uh, he, he's, he's doing great. He's on the road to recovery. He'll be back on the show. I think I'm gonna force him to come on via Skype uh, next week. I think he's a little uh, shy right now because on a, I'm being completely serious. He's lost some weight and he didn't have a lot of weight to lose. Uh, but when you have the kind of surgery he did where he wasn't able to eat all that much and he's having to change up his diet a little bit, He's lost some weight. I told him I got some extra weight for him. He can have some of mine. Uh, But anyway, Uncle Jimmy is uh, recovering, so I've covered that. Let you guys know uh, to keep the thoughts and prayers and well wishes and positive energy flowing Uncle Jimmy's direction. Uh, But on a better news front, man, do I have a show uh, stacked and ready for us to go today. I'm going to start a fire and then I'm going to start a second fire. And uh, I'm going to invite uh, Rashad McCants. You guys remember Rashad McCants, former University of North Carolina Tar Heel. I think I'm a national champion with North Carolina. Uh, drafted number 14th overall in the NBA draft. Had a four or five year NBA career. Some injuries, things happened in career. You know, Rashad wasn't scared. He was nobody's punk. And his NBA career didn't go as long as it could have. Uh, but uh, if you guys remember, I think it was on Monday or Tuesday, Rashad said he wanted to join the fearless army and we put him through some basic training and things went very well. And so we're going to have him back to help me with these two fires that I'm going to start uh, at the beginning of the show. Uh, and then we'll go out to we, a real flamethrower, our Khaleesi. Uh Queen of Dragons, Shamika, Shamika Michelle, Shamok show. She's going to join us and help me shepherd the fire and then batting cleanup. I think we found a home for Steve Kim batting cleanup. He's our biggest power hitter. Uh, He'll come in at the end of the show. He's written a column about uh, Cal McNair, the chairman of the Houston Texans who apologized for uh, saying the word China virus. I think Uh, Steve Kim who's Asian, Korean, Uh, not offended by that, but he's written a column about that. And then we'll also talk to uh, Steve Kim about uh, Russell Westbrook's performance last night with the Lakers. Uh, So an action-packed, jam-packed show uh, planned for you today, but as you guys know, this show, generally speaking, always starts with a fire. (sighs) And boy, do I have one today. Uh, We'll see how this goes. Uh, There's a Twitter feed uh, at Libs of TikTok. Its bio states showing how how society is deteriorating through videos. Uh, The feed launched approximately one year ago. It has nearly 370,000 followers. Libs of TikTok is the predictable reaction to the 2020 summer of George Floyd, the Karen video craze, and the past decade of viral social media videos second-guessing police involved shootings of black suspects by white cops. Influencers such as Sean King and DeRay McKesson built followings and raised money popularizing the belief that white police officers were wildly, randomly, and frequently killing unarmed black men. Corporate media outlets played along with the ruse because it increased ratings, clicks, and relevancy. Young journalists such as Wesley Lowry rode the ruse to a Pulitzer Prize while at the Washington Post and then parlayed that notoriety into a lucrative TV job at CBS Evening News. Colin Kaepernick, he rebranded from an NFL flop to social justice martyr. (laughs) LeBron James cast himself as the inarticulate Muhammad Ali. Working in conjunction with the Black Lives Matter movement, the Democratic Party raised funds, terrorized major cities, mobilized voters, weaponized poll workers, defunded, and demoralized the police. Uh, But if you know anything about human nature, the laws of nature, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Social media's racial grievance industry has finally spawned a clever white rebuttal, libs of TikTok. Among many other things, the feed showcases instances of bad behavior by black Karens or Kendricks. There's a video of a Rutgers University professor going on a racist five-minute rant. The professor is, you know, a garden variety Stacey Abrams. Uh, Let's take a look at uh, Stacey Abrams 3.0. I'll call her 3.0, because she's just as weighty. I don't want to call her 2.0. 3.0 of Stacey Abrams, uh, this Rutgers professor. Let's take a look at some highlights from her racist rant.
1: One, I think that white people viscerally fear. It's not that white people don't know. Right, what they have done, they know. They fear that there is no other way to be human but the way in which they are human, which is to, so you know, like you talk to white people and whenever you you really wanna have a reckoning about it, they say stuff like, you know, it's just human nature. If y'all had all of this power, you would have done the same thing, right? And it's like, no, that's what white humans did. White human beings thought there's a world here and we own it prior to them Black and brown people have been sailing across oceans, interacting with each other for centuries without total subjugation, domination, and colonialism. And that's the thing that white people don't trust us to do because they are so corrupt. You know, their thinking is so morally and spiritually bankrupt about power that they can't let go, you know, they fear viscerally, existentially letting go of power because they cannot imagine that there's another way to be. It is either that you dominate or you are dominated. If we believe that history starts for us when white people drag us to these shores, then we can never get outside of the notion that this is going to be our existential struggle. Whiteness is going to have an end date because it it is not despite what white people think of themselves, they do not defy the laws of eternity, right? Their projects are not so sophisticated that the natural laws of physics change for them. Mmm.
0: Honest, honest question. If I dyed the top of my hair blonde, would anybody be able to tell the difference between me and Stacey Abrams 3.0? Honest to goodness, if I dyed the top of my hair blonde and does Stacey Abrams 3.0, does she get any attention other than ranting about white people? This is her hustle. Because she can't get any attention any other way. Perhaps. Golden Corral Buffet. I'm sure she gets a lot of attention there. But other than, you know, dining out, other than ranting about white people and moving her hands around and dying her hair blonde and trying to look as white as she possibly can while ranting about white people, I don't know. I'm going to have to call her Jason Whitlock uh, 3.0. Maybe I should dye my hair. Not that, you know, anyway. I'm... But that's the kind of content libs of TikTok has been building a following off of, exposing people like uh, the overweight professor in the house. Heavy professor, heavy heavy P, I guess is what I would call her. <laughs> I know people get upset with me when I make fat jokes because I'm fat, but damn it, if a fat person can't make fat jokes, who can't? Anyway, uh, there's a more interesting video that Libs of TikTok put out yesterday. It shows an ugly incident on a New York subway. A black man punches a white woman for using the phrase chill pill. Uh, We're gonna play the entire video here, although I think it's somewhat edited because I think it shows her punching a woman three times, uh, just so you get the gist of it, but I think based on other videos I saw. I think he only punched her once, but anyway, let's roll the tape and then I'll talk about it.
2: My say train my riding, riding and my I Say it to my face now. Say it
0: well to look. my face now. I tell me to take it. a chill it's pill. Tell me, tell, oh. say, say the word chill
1: pill.
2: Chill oh. pill. Oh. Say
1: the word chill pill.
2: Chill oh. oh.
1: Say the word chill pill.
2: Chill pill. Oh. She's a female. What? Mind your business. What? Mind your business. Mind your business.
1: That's, OD.
2: That's, That's OD. That's OD. I'm tired of you. My black business. You understand? Nah, business. Mm. My, you understand? Mind your business.
1: What? Time to. Up in
3: my.
2: I'm dealing with my. Do you understand? Mind your business. Mind your business.
3: It ain't about being a romance. It's about getting my. respect from people like you. All these other races out here, mind your business. I never gave. Man. I'm ready to f- anything up that's
2: in my business.
3: So, so that's, that's at me, how man's
4: right there. Holla at me, man. And he let his girlfriend thought, get robbed. Fuck, you
2: niggas out here looking for victims. I'm a f- suspect,
3: you understand? Oh, no.
2: suspect. I do shit out here. This is not. Mind your
3: business. And when my family on the train. You wanna rob the nigga so bad? Way. And it's like, you're not even cool, so good.
1: Oh, shit.
3: Everybody got something
0: to say about the black. Video's hard to look at. Um, the guy believes he's somehow earning respect and thinks that his job is to go out and get respect from races, but that's the way we're programming people right now. Uh, people's lives, some black people's lives are dedicated to winning the approval, respect, of random white people that they blame for whatever problems they have in their life. That video is both sickening, but it's also fascinating. The violence is obviously sickening. The reaction to it, though, is fascinating. No one reacted. Women didn't move to check to see if the woman was harmed. Men didn't move to defend the woman. Everyone froze and watched and talked and cast their eyes down. The most prevalent response on Twitter was to blast the men for not coming to the woman's defense. That was my gut reaction the first time I saw it. And then I thought about what would I do in that situation? On this podcast and in the columns I write, I spend a lot of time talking about the need for men to be bold, fearless, and masculine. What would I have done on a crowded subway had I witnessed a deranged bully confront a woman and then strike her for saying he needed to take a chill pill? The woman were a friend or a relative? I know exactly what I would have done. I would have struck the man and dealt with the consequences, whatever they were. But what if the woman were a stranger, a damsel in distress? I can't confidently say I would have reacted. Not in 2021, 20 years ago, I would have at the very least moved to restrain the man until the police arrived. Now, I have no confidence that the police will arrive. My perception of New York is that the city is lawless. Mayor Bill de Blasio has taken drastic measures to limit the authority and prevalence of law enforcement. Many major cities have done likewise. Corporate media and social media champion black criminal suspects by defending a white woman from the attack of a black suspect any man whether white or black runs the risk of being vilified and harassed a year ago white cops shot a black girl and she tried to stab another black girl the cop was demonized lebron james sent a menacing tweet that targeted the police officer The left has established a culture that works against men defending women. The culture is double-edged. The victim of the subway attack has bought into the new culture too. She believed there was no upside or downside in verbally confronting a deranged male nut job. I'm not blaming the victim. She's a victim too. I just happen to believe that 20 years ago, She would have turned away from the male nut job. I feel sorry for the woman. I feel sorry for all of us. We're hostages to a society dominated by illogic, dishonesty, and racial grievance. The system is rigged for men to be weak, women to be foolish, and nonstop racial conflict. We're rigged for self-destruction. That's my fire. I watched that video. I thought about that video all night. I I thought about what I wanted to say here today. Uh, I gave it quite a bit of thought. Uh, I'm still disturbed every time, and I've seen that video probably ten times now. I'm disturbed every time I look at it. But I'm also disturbed by my reaction when I started thinking, like giving it real thought, like what would I have done? What risk would I have been willing to take for some stranger? And and I'm just telling you, in this society that we've created now, had someone confronted the man, that person runs the risk of, hell, maybe even law enforcement, blaming him or her for coming to the woman's defense. We've created an upside-down world We've created a world that's hostile to men being men and doing things men traditionally do. And we've lied to women and told them that, you know what, go toe to toe with men. We're all equal here physically. There's no difference between men and women. And again, I know that sounds like I'm blaming the victim, but I'm not but but i i'll just say this in this society in 2021 as much tension as there is in the air as much stupidity as we have uh made palatable and acceptable and and i'm going to tell you like where, where for me and i and Who knows? This woman could have had a bad day and she had had enough. And this guy being loud and disruptive and she wanted to say something. But but for me, living in this society, when I saw uh, the cop. That shot and killed Ashley Babbitt on national TV, defending his decision, basically bragging about it. I was like, we've created a mad world. We've legalized a level of depravity and stupidity that's mind-blowing. And and so you need to act accordingly. A guy shot a woman who posed no threat To him or anybody who was climbing through a window and everybody's running around. Oh, it was a good shoot. It was a good kill. And she deserved it. That's when, you know, like you're living in an insane world. Act accordingly. The people you might be confronting might be as insane as the rest of the world. And it sounds like I'm just I'm chastising the woman. I'm not. I'm chastising a culture that we have created where men are being forced to be weak and women are being forced to be foolish. And so everybody complaining like, man, look at the men in that scenario. They all look weak. Yes, they do. The culture demands that we be weak and and it's easy for me to sit behind here from a desk and say hey we got to be fearless we got to be bold now look if that's my girlfriend my mama my sister my cousin baba you have no choice but to jump in there and defend and take action but a stranger put yourself in in potential harm's way where you don't even know if law enforcement's going to back you up You could get yourself in a bunch of trouble, have problems on your job potentially. I, I'm gonna cite a small example and I I don't care if people don't like it or don't fully understand it or don't think it's relevant, but two or three years ago, uh, LeVar Ball came on uh, Colin Cowherd show, and got into a little back and forth with Christine Leahy, woman that worked on Cal Herd's show. And uh, I don't blame LeVar for being frustrated. I, I really don't. But Christine Leahy, young woman, worked for Cal Herd. Cal Herd offered her no defense during this confrontation. She's in the middle of Uh, One of these internet shitstorms social media shitstorms that's being spun racial I'm gonna go ahead and tell all her business whatever. but Christine Leahy was in a long-term relationship with some black dude at that time and Because she was questioning LeVar Ball uh, Charlemagne the God and the rest of the internet spun it as oh She's racist and she's trying to do something uh, negative to LeVar Ball and and to me uh, LeVar Ball started telling her to stay in his lane and blah, blah, blah. And Cal and should have s- stepped in there, shut it down, shut Christine down, shut LeVar down and ended it. But it spun out of control. There was no defense of Christine. Next thing you know, here's some young girl uh, getting shit on all across the media and being framed as racist. And so I stepped in and criticized LeVar Ball took all the heat off of Christine or tried to take the heat off and put it on me. So the, in my view, the manly thing to do. Of course, I then got dumped on. I was caping up for some white girl and blah, blah. I don't I, I don't even move like that in terms of white, black, blah, blah, blah. If a woman is, and particularly a young one, is getting abused or whatever, I'm gonna step in there and do something. One, I work with Christine, know her knew her motives, knew her agenda, but I ended up getting dumped on. And I was the sellout, and I was this and that, and none of that was relevant. It's just a woman getting abused by a man, an older man, and I just shut it down and stepped in there and said a few things. Put the heat on me, keep it moving, because I'm built for this. Others aren't. Young woman, not really built for that kind of smoke. It's Cowherd's job to do something about it, but I don't have blame him. He jumps in there. Next thing you know, he's cast as racist. Not everybody's built for the level of smoke that this society puts out today. But I'm saying that was three years ago. I don't know what I would do now. Probably the same thing, because, again, I know Christine. She's a friend of mine or was a friend of mine at that time. I'm going to jump in there and offer some defense. But again, in this society we've built, in this culture we've built, it's high risk to do things that men used to normally do. And women don't do what they normally used to do. Because, again, they all say they want to jump in, they want to be in that smoke, and they want to uh, espouse opinions. As soon as they get a little pushback, what do they do? Oh, it's unfair. Look at Twitter. Twitter, they're getting all these mean tweets. And you got all, oh, my God, they're sending me mean tweets. Well, hold on. You jumped into this arena, the opinion arena. I get mean tweets, and I've been getting... And that's, I love when all these people talk, oh, I got death threats. I've been getting death threats since 1994, 1992. Because of the columns I write, it goes along with the territory. Most of them aren't serious, but all the, oh my God, they, they, they keep sending mean tweets to me, and oh, it's just terrible. Well, that's the price of admission in the opinion game. And we, keep, we want to suspend all the rules for women and, and they don't have to take this kind of heat. And that's how we went. They went like six, seven straight years with everybody writing columns about Katie Nolan. She's the future of sports television. She's the greatest thing ever. And none of it was true. None of it was true. And everybody knew it. Everybody would talk behind the scenes like, this is crazy. This woman can't even do live TV. Seen her break down and cry every time a live a light goes up on the camera. And so we just lie and feel people and, oh, she she's the future of TV and she's she's better than uh, Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon. She's better than she's not built for it. Conflict. So don't. Ask for smoke if you're not willing to inhale it. I'm going to roll out to Las Vegas uh, and bring in, and trust me, I got a second fire. I'm going to start with Rashad McCants, but we're going to start here. I just want another man's opinion, and eventually we'll get Shamika's opinion. We'll get a woman's opinion. Uh, Rashad, I'm sure, you, well, I know we sent you the video. You you heard me talk about what would you have done in that situation? Woman gets struck, you're standing there, you don't know her. Uh, what What would you have done? What What should a responsible man have done in that situation?
3: Definitely struck him immediately. You know, that's just a, a reaction because you want to act like that woman is your sister or your mother, cousin, whoever. But what what occurred there is an instance i like to dive into is racism, real racism versus feminism. You dived into it a little bit. The racist part. There were a bunch of human beings on the train that watched a woman get hit by a man and no one did anything about it. So America, let's put the shoe on the other foot. If that woman was black, that man was white. The whole train would have exploded. Why is that? Everyone is got their phones out watching this man after he hit this woman. Literally, you're these are black people sitting there filming this. So if that was a white man hitting a black woman, they would have took they would have dropped their phones. They would have jumped that man on the, on the subway. I believe that's racism for the train. They judged her because she was white. They didn't want to help her because she was white. And that's probably her husband. there sitting too. Her husband was sitting there like, what do we want me to do? You want me to fight this black guy now? So the other black people can jump me? No, man, we don't want you to do that. So the feminist part, why would the woman be talking to a man in any manner where she can't protect herself? You don't know what this man has done. You probably triggered him being in his business. Now, you have to take on the alpha energy that you are posing. Be careful what you wish for. And you can't be out here with Alpha Energy with a beta male with you doing the job that he's supposed to do. you doing it for him. Then you're going to take the licks. And that's unfortunate because no man should ever hit no woman.
0: Mm. You said a mouthful. I'm going to start with the racism point, which I completely agree with. But but I, I, I do want to... You feel confident that in 2021, given how upside down the world is, that a woman you didn't know, if you saw her get struck in that fashion, you would have reacted. In a millisecond, no man.
3: I'm a different breed of human. And if any woman is in distress in that manner, it don't matter who it is. It don't matter what color you are. This is what we call humanity. Where is the humanity in people? You wanted more likes than you wanted to help this lady and you sitting there. And if you look at the video, it says, this lady didn't deserve that. But if she was black, you wouldn't even posted that video because it would have been on TMZ already. We would probably be in trial right now. We would probably be in trial right now if that was a black woman being hit by a
0: white man. We'd certainly have riots all across the country, not just in New York, but all across the country. And everybody that sit, sat there and did nothing would be called a racist and say, this is an example of how racist America is. You're a thousand percent correct on that. The, the, the only thing I, I'm just, because the world is so upside down and, and, and obviously you're younger than me and and, and in better shape than me, But but I literally, I would have done the calculation of, and I'm talking about at 54, of, so I jumped this dude. I have no idea if the police are ever going to show up. If the police do show up, who knows how this is going to be spun out that I, I could somehow be made the bad guy. And then I'm sitting here like, well, hold on, I got a family to support. Do, do do i really inject myself into this situation or do i sit back and i'm talking about me at 54 and fat and and not in you know prime fighting weight <laughs> i i'm saying do i involve or, or do i sit back and hope that when we get to this next stop there's a policeman or somebody i can report this to there's facial recognition and so i'm just going to lay back and let the system take care of this. That's my hope. Now, I'm just telling you, 20 years ago when I actually had confidence in the system, when, it, when there was a different energy in the world, yes, I would have jumped on that man, certainly restrained him until the police, until I thought the police would arrive. But but in this new world we've created, I just don't know how this thing is going to spin out. I, I, I think you make an awesome point, though, about Feminism as well. I mean, you, you, Rashad, this is some, damn, I, I needed you for the, uh, the, <laughs> the whole fight. You took the blaze to a whole different level in, in terms of racism and feminism out of control yep. created this whole mess.
3: Man, and um, let's unpack the kids that were there. There were kids there. So you're looking at a man that you have to still on him and let him know this is not okay because his kids need to know this is not okay. So if he gets a pass on a train, a public train hitting a woman in front of his kids, that means that he has not, he has done this before in front of his kids. His kids didn't even respond. So he not going to get no repercussions, no consequence of hitting a woman in public. In front of his kids. Now, the trauma from that is the little girls that's coming up is like, who's going to protect them from getting hit when they daddy not there? So we have a responsibility as men to be fathers, not only to our kids, but to all kids. That's our responsibility.
0: I don't know if I can uh, top what you've said Uh, that so. Rashad, I want you to give me about three or four minutes because I'm going to set a new fire. Let's go. I'm, I'm going to set a new fire and see if you top me on, on this one as well, because you certainly top me here. I love this racism and feminism point. Wow. Uh, yeah. So let's let let us let, take Rashad off camera. Let me start a little new little fire. I'm going to just take a little time here. Won't take long, but... Uh, Russell Westbrook last night. I don't know if you guys uh, saw this. Uh, Got tossed out of the game last night with the Oklahoma City Thunder at the very end of the game. Oklahoma City, I think, erased a 26-point deficit against the Lakers. Uh, LeBron James is out with a sore ankle, and so it was on Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. More than enough, Oklahoma City, I think, was winless at that point. Uh, I think that was their first win last night. They're the youngest team in the league. They're one of the worst teams in the league. Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis, two players who were just named to the NBA uh, top 75 of all time NBA players, can't beat an Oklahoma City team that's hot garbage. And at the end of it, because Westbrook has 10 turnovers and he's played the typical kind of stupid game Russell Westbrook plays, when uh, Oklahoma City at the end of the game gets a breakaway and goes down and dunks it even though the game's over, Russell Westbrook confronts an Oklahoma City player that did the dunk and tried to basically start a fight and and gets tossed from the game. And, and here's my problem with... Russell Westbrook and the way he's handled by the media and by his peers. Russell Westbrook clearly has deep seated emotional uh, uh, issues. This guy is 12, 13 years into an NBA career. He's a grown man and he has yet to figure out how to control his emotions. And people want to say, "Oh, he's such a fiery competitor." No, he's not, because you know what a competitors do, particularly when they can't win, and he can't win. He don't play with Kevin Durant, James Harden, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, uh, Stephen Adams. He don't play with a gang of really good players, and can't win it all. You know what competitors do? they erase their weaknesses. They work on their weaknesses. Russell Westbrook came into the league out of control. 12, 13 years later, he's still out of control, can't control his emotions. A bully and an asshole to fans and anybody else that that gets him off his game or gets into his head Utah Jazz fans, he don't accuse them of, racist, of racism when, when they wasn't doing nothing but heckling like they heckle everybody else. Russell Westbrook has major emotional issues. And you know what all the, the 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 liberals on the left and all the those woke sports fans say, oh, just leave him alone, Russell. You know, he's just such an ultra-competitor. And so basically what they're saying is, Russell just continue to self-destruct and dribble. That's what self-destruct and dribble. We get all upset. Laura Ingram told LeBron James to shut up and dribble. She basically told it, shut up and dribble. And we got all upset. Oh, look how racist that is. Look at what we've been telling Russell Westbrook for the last 12, 13 years, self-destruct and dribble. You're just a great competitor. This man, a lot of, oh, he's like Dennis Rodman. No, he's not. And, and, and trust me, Dennis Rodman's been self-destructive, but don't compare Russell Westbrook to Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman won wherever he played, Detroit, Chicago, anywhere he landed, Dennis Rodman made an impact on the wins, losses, and helped teams win titles. Russell Westbrook, not him. Everywhere he goes, losing follows. Underachievement follows. And that's what's about to happen to the Los Angeles Lakers because Russell Westbrook has never been forced to confront the fact that he's got emotional issues, female energy running wild and out of control. So, Russ, keep acting a fool on the court. Keep putting dresses on. Keep showing up to games, uh, doing your little fashion show routine down the runway. Keep keep working out all your emotional issues or whatever, at war with yourself, whatever identity issues you have. Russ, keep doing all that. Keep self-destructing and making a fool out of yourself, but keep putting up those triple-doubles because that entertains us. People don't care about Russell Westbrook have any respect for Russell Westbrook all the people running around caping up for him and defending him. Russell Westbrook has no business in the NBA top 75 he is not one of the top 75 players trust you, you, you ask anybody this if they were ask any NBA GM Clay Thompson didn't make the top 75 Ask anyone with a brain if they were starting a team, who would they rather have, Clay Thompson or Russell Westbrook? It ain't even close. Klay Thompson not in the top 75 and when he got three NBA titles, one of the greatest shooters of all time, one of the best two-way players of all time. There's not a basketball person alive that wouldn't take Klay Thompson over Russell Westbrook. Not a top 75 player. We need to quit bending over backwards for Russell Westbrook because he's figured out how to gain the system with triple doubles. And and look, there was a time five years ago I made some excuses for Russell Westbrook and thought he would grow out of the the idiocy that he continuously displays in the NBA. But it ain't happened. Somebody needs to get Russell Westbrook some help. The man lost it once again because he cost the Lakers a game. Ten damn turnovers from your point guard against the Oklahoma City Thunder. A man with no control of his emotions. And we somehow think he's, he's a, uh, some kind of standard for masculinity and competitiveness. Are you kidding me? He's got no control of himself. He looks damn near as stupid as the guy on the subway train. All right, that's my second fire. Uh, Rashad, tell me where I'm wrong. Man, listen,
3: Russell Westbrook, kid from the hood, we're overly influenced from Hollywood. And he has the street baller mentality when he plays on the court, which forces him to be ultra aggressive, you know, almost like prison ball. You just go into the hole, you play with your head down, everything is downhill, beat everybody with your athleticism. That has won for him for so long. But when you can be a ticking time bomb at any time that really blow it open for your team, it's really going to hurt not only your legacy, but everybody around you because you guys blew a 26-point lead and you're mad at the team for putting their foot on your throat. This is war. This isn't anything to come around and think that I'm going to be nice to you while we're killing you. No. It's like Troy. I drag your body along on the horse. It's time that I'm taking your body back. So if you allow me to destroy you, I'm going to destroy you. You shouldn't have let them come back from 26 to beat you. But you got a problem with it. But that's, like you said, it's overly emotional. And I don't think that Russ can understand that, you know, his passion for the game can be misinterpreted for what you look like, your body language. Everything can tick you off. And that's not going – LeBron ain't going to be able to deal with that all season long, brother. Mm-mm. Y'all got a stacked up team and you couldn't beat OC- OKC, like you said. This was – a disaster from the start. Carmelo, all these old guys ain't gonna be able to withstand this, and you can't beat OKC. It's it's a wrap for y'all.
0: Well, you know, I just forgot Carmelo's on that top 75 too. They got three top 75 players, and they couldn't beat OKC.
3: Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> it's. Am I right in thinking Russ and this triple double thing? is is a byproduct of a soft NBA and a guy that wants to go out and pad his stats. It's not, his triple doubles to me aren't the same as Magic Johnson's or Oscar Robertson's. Or Larry
3: Bird's. You know, um, when you're getting all those points and stats on a team that should be balancing the stat book to win games, that lets you know, the team is scared of Russ for stealing rebounds, stealing assists, having the ball too much. You got one player that got the ball all the time, and he's getting all the rebounds, all the points, and all the assists. So that means that your, your, your whole win-lose category is based on Russ and if he plays good or not. And that has not worked. Like, what are we going to do here? So if you're good enough, you know how to use time and score to get a triple-double. James James Harden is the best at it, I think. He knows how to quietly get his teammates involved in the first three quarters while getting his points off, sticking around for easy rebounds. By the fourth quarter, he can be 22-7-8 and and ended up with a triple-double just real soft. Russ knows the same formula, and it's easy to do it, but it don't matter if you're losing. Top 75, I'm
0: top 75, too. (laughs) So you agree with me that Westbrook does not belong in that top 75? Oh, man, definitely not over
3: no Clay Thompson. Clay, I feel for you, brother. I really do, man, because your injuries have really made people forget how incredible you are, bro. And I got to give you your flowers. Uh, I'll give Reggie his flowers too, but Reggie, you know, he felt like he didn't deserve to be on there. I would replace Clay with Reggie because of the shooting aspect, the dynamic of those two, and we're going to keep Ray in there. But to give Russ the nod over Clay Thompson, a champion, mind
0: boggling. Hold for a second, Rashad. I I think you just said something that irritated me. Uh, When you said Reggie, are you talking about Reggie Miller? Yeah,
3: yeah, Reggie's in the top 75.
0: Yeah, I, know. I, like Reggie. Are, are, I like. Are you?
3: I like Reggie. I, I'm a I know Pacer
0: fan, Rashad. You're, Reggie you're Miller's saying. jersey hangs in my in my apartment. Uh, I know. I'm, I'm I know. from know. Indianapolis. He carried <laughs> the Pacers all the way to the NBA Finals, and you just <laughs> pretended like. And look, I don't want to disrespect Ray Allen, respect. but he didn't even expect
3: uh, it. He didn't even expect. He didn't even expect to be on there. He said that he said that he oh. that's why I said it he said I didn't even expect to be on there I'm like well okay Reggie we'll move over
0: <laughs> well as a pace I think Reggie Miller better than Ray Allen Ray Allen just had the pleasure of playing with LeBron at the end of his career and playing with that's Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett when they were you know and again Ray Allen's a good very good player but Reggie Miller was out there, not by himself, but he was definitely the man on his teams and had to take all the big shots. And I just don't, you know. Anyway, I'm gonna let you get that one off uh, (laughs) just because you were so good on the other stuff. Uh, uh, Rashad, uh, I think we may start putting some stripes on your shoulders, not just the soldier, but uh, maybe a sergeant in this fearless army. Great stuff again uh, today. No doubt, brother. Let's go. Awesome. All right. Uh, all right. Well, well, let's let's take a, a, a quick little break, and Shamika is going to join us next. Go to youtube.com/slash Jason Whitlock. Could you hit the notifications button? Could you leave me some comments? Could we get two thousand likes on today's show? Uh, I'll be in the live chat and and fire off some comments there. Uh, this, is, this show is already blazing hot. I think it's only going to get hotter when we bring Shamika Michelle on. Our
2: religion, our regrets, and our decisions, we all want to go to heaven with freedom. It's my obligation of hate, discrimination, raising up your hands for freedom.
0: All right, welcome back. Uh, time for Shemok show. Uh, Shamika Michelle. All right, Shamika, we just heard from Rashad McCants and his take on the, what I'm calling, the chill pill uh, subway assault. And I, ooh, Rashad had a, a very interesting take, said this is what happens when racism and feminism collide. And And I thought it was... A pretty good explanation. Hell, I wish that, you know, I had thought of it. But anyway, I want. I, I, I you've seen the video. You've, you've heard me talking about it. What do you think should have happened on that subway? D- were the bystanders? Were they all in the wrong? Obviously, I think uh, the the assaulter, the the perpetrator, was wrong. And I tend to think that. The woman, I'm, I'm, I don't want to blame the victim here, but I do think there was a different way to handle it. If there's some deranged nut, just turn your back and walk away. Uh, but anyway, I, your thought.
4: Well, first of all, <clears throat> excuse me. First of all, let me say that I believe that that man is, you know, nuttier than Monica Lewinsky's blue dress. So I do think that he already had issues before <laughs> even getting on Hold the subway. Oh, for a second!
0: Oh, for a second! <laughs> oh, I was not ready. <laughs> I was not ready for that. Uh, let me compose myself, and so. He's nuttier than Monica Lewinsky's brood dress. Now continue.
4: (laughs) So I think he had issues. You know, maybe he was having a bad day before he even got on the subway. And for people standing around and not doing anything, I think that's a result of us being desensitized. We see so much violence every day, whether it's in person or on social media that we just don't really react to that. And I think part of that is because we have Uh, We're starting to really deny as human beings, our human nature, first as just human beings. And then secondly, as men and women, everything that we're told, everything that we can feel innately, we're told is wrong. You know, we depend on books, we depend on someone else. And you hear so many people say that, you know, I was going to do this because something told me, or I should have done this because something told me. We don't listen to that voice within. And we second-guess ourselves so much that, again, we're just getting away from being human beings and the intelligence that we have on the inside, and then also just second-guessing ourselves as men and women. You know, you all talked about what a man should do if he saw that, and I'll let you correct him as a man. Again, my first reaction was he should have been, you know, beat down. And I went on about my business. But then something told me, look at it again. And again, I don't think he reacted the right way. I don't think he handled it the right way. I believe it was wrong what he did. But I started to take a second look at that. As a as a woman, and it's it to me it brought up a conversation that we rarely have. And as Rashad was talking about, when it comes to feminism, why is it that we want to stand toe to toe as me, to, you know, to a man and feel like we can say whatever we want to to a man and be just as aggressive as men? You know, I do think, like you said, when you started the fire twenty years ago. I don't think this woman would have responded the way that she did, but I watched her say, I said it three times, and then he said, say chill pill again, and she said chill pill. And her entire posture was as if she could stand up and, and win a fight with this man when she knows she could not. And so I wanna know, at what point, as, as women, do we start to realize that we are not men, we are not the same as men? Most of the time, we are physically not as strong as men. You know, uh, when do we realize that we're not the same?
0: I, I think that's a fair point, and it's one that, you know, Rashad and I kind of brushed on or talked about a, a little bit. I think it's interesting hearing it come from from a woman of, uh, you know, this show is called Fearless, so I'm going I'm to quit tiptoeing. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of truth in what you're saying in terms of choose your battles wisely and and uh, don't in, in this current society that we have created, where all of the Messaging to men and women seems to be hey, we're all the same and we're all equal in every possible way. We're all equal. And don't buy that hype. Don't, don't, if there's a nut that steps into your vicinity at a restaurant. Anywhere, at a football game, anywhere, basketball game, wherever you're at. Uh, and I'm saying this to men or women. A lot of times you're better off ignoring that nut. And you're better off turning and go, moving away from that person. I know she's on a crowded subway or whatever, but I'm gonna just literally, I, I, I if the guy had gotten on and been saying anything to me, to me, at my age, I would have just turned around and been, you know, let, let's compare W 2s or I got more to lose than you. Clearly, you don't, because clearly the way he behaved, and that's, I tell people this all the time, you know, assess your opponent. If they don't have as much to lose as you, you have no business fighting them. You have no business engaging with them verbally, physically, whatever. And, and that, that's where I lose a lot of people. A lot of people think I'm aloof and arrogant or, or, or whatever, but mostly I'm just like, no, nah, I got a lot to lose. And so I'm not going to engage in your stupidity. And, and, and when you're confronted by a desperate person, a deranged person or whatever, and it's it's too bad this is the society we live in and particularly in New York where they've defunded the police and demoralized the police. And so there is less oversight. And and so that that was part of the other point I wanted to make. It was like, man, that guy handled that like he was on a prison yard. And and it made me feel sorry for the people in New York because everybody on that subway, acted like they were on a prison yard because when things happen on a prison yard, people turn their back. They don't want to see it. They don't want to be questioned about it. If they are questioned about it, I would. I didn't see anything, and it's because they authentically didn't see anything. And and so I I thought that scene uh, exemplified what we've done to America. That. People just don't want to get involved. People don't want to help out their fellow man. Uh, They want to record some content and get social media likes and follows out of it. They want to exploit your conflict for their benefit, but no one really wants to get involved.
4: Right. I just had to tell my daughter last week, she went to the fair and a group of you know, young adults, teenagers or something, walked and got in front of her and her friends. And she was the only one that started to speak up. But then these group of kids started telling them, I dare you say something. You better not say anything. I'll beat a bitch ass, you know, was saying those types of things. And so she called me on the phone and she was like, mom, they jumped us, though. I need to stand up for us and say something. I said, well, what are your friends saying? And she said "Well, they were telling me what they were saying. And uh, one of the girls were acting like she was going to pull my hair and there's a, a gay guy with them and he's saying that he don't mind hitting a girl and I said well it, at this point you need to stand down and she said but ma I just want to tell them you know like that's not right we were here first and I said no stand down because what's going to happen is they're going to try to fight you your friends have already shown that they're not willing to you know be in this with you and then they're going to hit you and then me and your father's going to Come out there and set it off, and then we'll be uh, facing, you know criminal charges. Just stand down. It's just a ride. You know, you'll get on eventually. Let it go. And so I think that sometimes that you have to do that. You have to stand down because people don't think the way that you do. And she was thinking, I just want to let them know this is wrong. She wasn't thinking I want to fight because I tell, you know, my kids all the time, only women that want to fight are ugly women. If you think you're ugly, then you don't mind, you know, getting into a fight because you don't care if your face is going to get scratched up or cut up but when you realize that you have something to lose that's not your first you know method of, of defense so I had to tell her stand down because there are some people that's all they want to do is fight and this man on the subway he he didn't care you know he didn't care what the consequences were because if he's found of course he's probably gonna face some type of criminal charges he should have stood uh, you know this woman should have stood down like she should have been quiet she should not have continued to press his buttons and i think that women have to take accountability a lot of times that we do have the ability to aggravate men or to agitate people simply because we just don't know how to let things go and be quiet and just it's it's not worth it all the time trying to be right sometimes you have to give up the right to be right
0: Mm. all right good stuff Shamika. You know what? Uh, I think it was, was it earlier this week? Yeah, I think it was earlier this week. I forgot to ask you a question. And if you're not prepared for it right now, go ahead and pass. But I did want to ask your thoughts on house husbands. And it, 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 we had that discussion, I believe, on Monday or Tuesday, and I, I didn't ask you about it. Uh, and and we were talking about the role of men and and me saying like, man, I think I, I've seen like men transition or they're very comfortable being house husbands. And I wanted to get your quick thoughts on that.
4: You know, I'm very uncomfortable with men wanting to be house husbands. I was dating a guy and I remember saying to him, Uh, the filters need to be changed and he said well you know go ahead and get up there and tell me what size they are and I'll run to the store and get them and I was thinking to myself so you want to be Carol Brady and run to the store and pick them up but you want me to climb the ladder and see what size they are oh this not gonna work like we we're not doing this over here you either gonna be the man or you gotta like we're, we're not gonna work out so I don't like this whole thing where men are being very feminine. I've been asking myself lately, I've seen men in the hospital when their wives or girlfriends have children, and they're stripping down, you know, and laying the baby when the baby first comes out on their chest. And I know that there are benefits to skin to skin contact. But initially, when they were telling women the benefits of this, it was to promote healthy breastfeeding. So I'm trying to figure out as a man in the hospital, what you doing with this 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 baby on your chest? Is this to get us comfortable with this? And so now we can see men saying, Well, you know, I'm I'm helping my wife get the child used to sucking. So I what are we doing? Like men, you know, when they get the baby gets home, I've seen men, you know, lay the baby on their chest, just, you know, bonding with the child or whatever. But in the hospital, why are you stripping down naked, doing this skin to skin contact you're not promoting a uh, healthy breastfeeding at this point. Like I do realize that some of you have uh, uh, man boobs, but what is this foolishness? Are you even asking in the hospital? Well, what is this doing? You know, why am I doing this? Or are you just letting women feminize you with some foolishness? Leave your clothes on, sir, and go get your wife something to eat because most of the time she, she can't eat in labor. Well, I don't need you laying there with this child on your chest. Uh, you know when you could be out getting me a burger something that I have been wanting since the labor began
0: <laughs> You've taken me I'm gonna ask you a follow-up question I'm gonna tell you a little story. That I think I shared on air or or maybe I didn't but uh, I think last week or two weeks ago uh, a bat Flew into my apartment. I don't know if I shared this or not on the show Oh, I did talk about this on the show a bat flew into my apartment and I, I'm just a I don't like rodents, mice, rabbits, <laughs> uh, spiders, certainly bats. So I, I'm I'm laying on the couch watching football. Yeah, this is on Saturday night. I'm watching college football. That I got my screen door open. I'm at the top of my building. I'm thinking, what could happen to me? That flies in. I run into the master bedroom because I'm just in boxer shorts watching the game. I run into the master bedroom and put on a bunch of clothes or whatever, crack open the door, the bat's flying around. Ran through my apartment, went out the door, went down to the concierge, paid the concierge $100 to come back up to my apartment and get that bat out of my apartment. Uh, Scale of one to 10, how weak do I look there?
4: It, that was a little weak, Jason. Just just a little <laughs> bit. The running and hiding, that that's a little bit weak. But I I do understand you going to get the, the concierge to get it out. At least you didn't turn to a woman and say, What we gonna do? You know. But
0: had it been a female a concierge, weak. I would have paid her two hundred dollars to go get the battle.
4: <laughs> yeah, you would have been on your own if I was the female. I'm not doing that. <laughs>
0: all right well thank you so much and uh, nuttier than Monica Lewinsky's dress will forever be a quote that will go down in fearless history all right stay tuned don't go anywhere go to youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock hit that subscribe button hit the notifications hit the likes get the likes up I want 2,000 likes uh, looking
2: for the white right time, looking at like time from another mother free. His words are our religion, all regrets and our decisions. We don't wanna go to heaven with freedom. It's my obligation, no hate discrimination is up. Your hands for freedom.
0: Alright, welcome back. Uh, time to roll out to Los Angeles and uh engage with the most clever person on the show. Uh, Steve Kim, Uh, Steve, uh, we'll start uh, with some Russell Westbrook news And the Los Angeles Lakers lost another game. They lost to the previously winless uh, Mm -hmm. Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Russell Westbrook got tossed out of the game at the end. He was upset that uh, the Thunder got a late dunk. Let's play, let's play the clip. Let's see what, uh, let's see Westbrook acting up. Three quarters they were absolutely
1: dominant. Paisley just put a bow on it for the thunder, it was right here where Russ said, Uh No, you're not you're not doing that. And then everybody got in between, and then Russ was tossed. You know, those are the quote unwritten rules. If you want to talk about it, whether you believe in them or not, that's up to you.
0: Russ. Obviously, Dave Baisley an for Yeah, Russell Westbrook out of control as usual. Nothing's changed. And, and I think we've done Russell Westbrook a disservice by pampering him and allowing him to be an emotional baby for the entirety of his career. I don't think this is going to work out well for the Lakers. He, he's not someone... You can trust at crunch time 10 turnovers last night he Russell Westbrook should have been and rather than confronting Baisley should have been confronting himself uh, <laughs> for for his bad play. But I, I'm just I, I'm not a Westbrook guy.
5: Jay, he's combustible and adding him to that Lakers team with all those other names that need the ball, namely LeBron, Carmelo, Anthony Davis. It's like getting a tablet of Alka-Seltzer and putting it into a can of Coke it's just going to go out of control and also the other thing is uh, this is the irony Q is more set but the guy that's that pads his stats more than anyone is upset at a guy for taking a breakaway dunk that's amazing to me <laughs> and the one thing about russell westbrook that i've always uh, that he's done the impossible he's actually minimized the triple double that in reality just like rashad mccann said or uh, yeah that it is empty calories that it doesn't necessarily translate to winning basketball. I'm going to start watching a couple more Laker games. Uh, I am a lifelong Laker fan, or at least I used to be. I'm a little bit concerned. The bigger issue with that particular team is I read that they've given up 115 points in every single game. Jason, even in this era of the three-point game, that is way too many points, and I, I'm afraid they don't have enough young, fresh legs. And it it's reminiscent a little bit of that disastrous 2011-ish team that had Kobe, Dwight Howard, and Steve Nash that simply didn't mesh. But the one thing about Westbrook, I've always felt less was more in terms of his play, that there were times he had to simply defer, let Kevin Durant handle the ball. He doesn't always need it, but that's what Russell Westbrook is. He's a guy that literally needs to run that offense At fifth gear, 90% of the time, where at certain moments of the game, he's better off letting another franchise player just take over the reins for five, six minutes, and he just lays back on the weak side. And also, for him to say that I'm trying to set the rules here on how to play basketball to this youngin that did a breakaway dunk, Jay, I wonder, and I don't know if he's that calculating, if that was a ploy to take attention away from his 10 turnovers and himself trying to be now Sheriff Westbrook, the guardian of the unwritten rules of the NBA.
0: (laughs) It's funny. You compare it to Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, and Kobe. When I look at the Lakers, I compare it to Carl Malone and Gary Payton Mm. trying to hop on at the end of the Shaq-Kobe era, and that's what Carmelo and Russell Westbrook are trying to draft off of Anthony Davis and LeBron James.
5: Jason, there's a difference, though. That team in 2004, if Malone doesn't get hurt before the NBA Finals, they probably are at least a lot more competitive against the Pistons in the NBA Finals, right? They lost in five games. They got completely skunked out. The 2011 team was a disaster. I remember watching that first game. They played the Dallas Mavericks, who had just won the title, and I don't even think Nowitzki played. You could see immediately that from a – standpoint of foot speed and quickness and defensive rotations it was a bad team in fact that squad started off 0-3 and they were just bad it was a tough watch and it really began the slide of the Lakers franchise at the sunset of Kobe Bryant's career Uh, look when you make uh, LeBron the GM because let's face it these are a lot of his moves it's going to be interesting to see who shoulders the blame by January or February if it's clear this thing just can't be worked out
0: Tell me this. Will Lakers fans be satisfied if the LeBron James era only produces the asterisk bubble championship?
5: They shouldn't because when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, when he's healthy, he's probably a top five player. All right. And you got all these other pieces, guys willing to take discounts, uh, willing to sacrifice financially to come over there to be there what five, six years it's going to look like? Although I think this is his fourth. The first year they didn't make the playoffs. LeBron seemed to kind of pack it in. You're t- you're right about the asterisk NBA bubble finals. If it's only one championship and it's a bubble championship, yes, it will have been unrealized potential. It will, in my view, it will be a letdown.
0: All right, you've written your first column for the Blaze. Congratulations. You wrote about uh, Cal McNair, the son of Bob McNair. Uh, former owner of the Houston Texans, now Cal McNair is chairman of the Houston Texans. He's had to apologize mm. uh, because back in May he said China virus and uh, that, that allegedly offended people. Uh, your thoughts?
5: You know, when I first saw the story and, and it had the headline, I said, oh, oh, geez. Uh, what did he go with? Nip, chink, gook, slant tie, slope? And then I read the story, and I'm like, that's it. That that was a bigger letdown than the ending scene of The Sopranos. I literally said to myself, that's it? Now, I want to be very clear about this. I don't know Cal McNair from Cal Worthington. Okay, that's a very Southern California reference. Look it up, folks. I don't know if he's racist or not, but I do know that. That particular instance uh, is just a throwaway line. Maybe he should have read The Room better. Maybe he should have read The Culture better. But— This is what it reminds me of. And Jason, I'm going to be very stereotypical with you. I know you watched Martin, one of the great sitcoms for the first four years (laughs) when Martin Lawrence and Tisha Campbell could still be in the same room. It reminded me of one of the greatest episodes they ever did. It was the first one where Martin and Gina are arguing. Tommy and Cole are out there with Pam. So they go into the bedroom and they start arguing. And Martin says, Gina, I hate going to your office party. Because that's what they were arguing about. Because every time I go to an office party, some white guy comes up to me and goes, Martin, I just saw Boys in the Hood. I did not know. I did not. So that, that's what it feels like. It's like there's like this parental feel from certain people that are now telling Asians, we're sorry. We're, and I'm thinking to myself, this is a non-story. I can honestly tell you in every Chinatown across America, every Koreatown, Monterey Park, or wherever there's an enclave of a lot of Asians, this was not even an iota of a factor there's nothing here to report and ironically i reported on how it should have been a non-story i get it
0: steve now that you've reminded me i want to take the time to apologize to you for enter the dragon i thought the fight scene between kareem abdul jabbar and bruce lee was very unfair and one-sided uh and so i i just want to take this opportunity to apologize to you for enter the dragon
5: Well, I appreciate that. You know, Kareem had skills. His his reach and his length uh, gave Bruce a lot of issues, but he took it to the inside. (laughs) Who?
0: Why do you think Cal McNair apologized? Is there anybody publicly? Is there anybody upset? Who in the Asian community is
5: upset? you know what i really believe the only ones that'll feign outrage and i'd say this feign is probably individuals that are in that corporate media system that were pushing the same asian hate narrative about four or five months ago and look the nfl is a corporation cal mcnurl probably just says look if i have to apologize to get everyone off my back I'll do it. I'll douse the fire quickly. And as I mentioned in that article, his father, the late Robert McNair, uh, flippantly said about three, four years ago during the height of that debate about NFL protests from players kneeling at the anthem, he said, look, we can't have the inmates run the prison. He got blowback from that. So maybe Cal says, wait a minute, hold on. If my father went through that for that statement, uh, I better get in front of this and just squelch it as soon as possible. That's my belief.
0: I think we're going to create a world where white men just don't talk at all. <laughs> They're they just trying just speak that. in sign language. Yeah, if, if white guys spoke in sign language, there'd be a lot less problems <laughs> uh, in America. Uh, Steve, do you have any uh, betting advice? We finally have an amazing potential <laughs> Thursday night football game, Packers versus Cardinals. It sounds awesome on paper. One team's undefeated, the other one's only lost once. Uh DeAndre Hopkins is playing tonight. Devontae Adams is not. Uh what do you think about tonight's game?
5: Look, I was looking forward to it as probably the best Thursday night matchup in at least several years for that franchise. And then look, not only are they not playing with Devontae Adams, their number two receiver, Lazard, is out. And so I'm thinking, who are we trotting out there? James Lofton, James Jones? Don Hudson, Max McGee, look, I get it. Devontae Adams, when he's out, the Packers are 6-0. But everyone will tell you they're a better team with them. And here's the difference. When you play the Cardinals and Kyler Murray and that Cl- Cliff Clif Kingsbury fun offense, you need to think about scoring at least 30 to 35 points. I, I don't know who's going to really replace that production of Adams. Um, they have a very good running back in Aaron Jones, and they have a pretty serviceable tight end in but... When you go without your top two receivers, and Devontae Adams is an absolute artist. He's one of the very best technicians I've ever seen. This is like going into a great fight with Ray Leonard and Tommy Hearns, and one guy has two broken hands. Uh, I believe this game is in Arizona. I I think Arizona simply has too many weapons. They're too deep, and uh, they'll win this game, but I wouldn't count out the Packers. Again, all of this stuff is very temporary with the COVID Uh,
0: I don't know if you caught this. We'll end on this note, but Shamika earlier in the show came up with an original line. I don't know if you saw the subway assault, the chill pill subway assault. And Shamika said that the assaulter, the perpetrator, nuttier than Monica Lewinsky's blue dress. I had not heard that. That's an original line.
5: You know, I'm glad someone else is bringing back references from the 90s and it's not just me, but the, I, I, I knew when I was listening to her, I was not going to top that. There are no pretty girls that fight. It's always the ugly ones because they have nothing to lose. I, I said, wow, that, that is, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking about that and I, you guys have talked about it a lot. You know what that New York subway needs and it's a favorite show of yours. They need the equalizer. That, that's what they need. They need a Queen Latifah person to bring a little "You and i T-Y, to the subway. I mean, that that show is that, that show is so. Oh,
0: you just dope. made a and I T That's the only song good, I can remember.
5: Steve. But I mean, the thing is, that, look, I'm gonna, I am just going i i will be honest with you, Jay. I'm not built like Rashad McCants. Neither are you. I'm not as big. Uh, in that situation, yeah. we're not in Giuliani's New York. Honestly, I don't I don't like people filming that type of stuff. But to say that you got to step in like you're one of the guardian angels, right? Of course, Slewa, who I think is running for office. Based on what is happening today, Jay, you make a very valid point. You don't know if you're actually going to get the proper law enforcement backup. That's the reality of that whole thing.
0: And end up perhaps charged with something. But I do agree if Queen Latifah took her 50-year-old she could clean up that subway mess. Uh, the equalizer is exactly what they need there. Where's your super, where, where's your overweight rap star, 50-year-old rap star to come save that woman? Or she probably would have helped beat up the woman knowing how woke these shows are today. All right, we're, we're done. Uh, we're about to hear some tomorrow, and that means we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, that's it, and that's all.
2: So I break out, feeling like a standoff, nothing in life, like freedom. Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom. I want freedom. No negotiation my sister no relation we all just wanna have freedom Sitting on a corner never been on I break my back for freedom Yes we are living get back we are receiving all seed when we all wanna be free We want freedom